This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. I'm so glad that you're here today as we continue in our final week in the fight series. And I figured I'd go ahead and get this awkward part um, out of the way. Yes, this is a tattoo. Yes, that is a tattoo. It's a dinosaur. It may or may not be real. And uh, it could be the beginnings of a sleeve. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, we're glad that you're here today as we continue our series, The Fight, um, Spiritual Disciplines That Empower Your Faith. And last week, we talked about fasting, right? Fasting is funny. That's that's one of the things that people just love to talk about fasting, right? And I, and I made a joke about it, and somebody said to me after the service, they said, Mike, you should have got up and said, hey, we're, today we're either talking about fasting or money. Which one you want to do? And said people would probably would have had a little bit of better attitude about it, but no, you guys were great. And, uh, and, and really, I would say this, as, since we talked about fasting last Last week, if you took that step and you said, "Hey, this week I'm going to fast a day or a lunch or a whatever that might have looked like," if you did that this week, one, fantastic. Two, if God moved and worked in your life this week in some way, I mean, if it's private, you keep it private. But I mean, I would love to hear about it. I'd love to see what God's doing in your life, and and you could write it on those communication cards that Joel talked about, or even better, you could talk to us after service. Talk to me. I, I just. When God's moving and doing things in your life, we want to hear about it, right? And so, man, if you fasted this week and God spoke to you and God did something in your life, talk to us about it. We want to celebrate that with you, right? We want to celebrate that with you. We don't want you to just do this alone and by yourself. It's together. It's a family. It's, it's all uh, working and moving together. So share that with somebody. But I hope, that, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this series as we've been walking through it. I hope that we try to have fun with spiritual disciplines, calling them the fight. Um, but I hope that you've added... A spiritual discipline to your life, or maybe you've taken a next step in one of these spiritual disciplines, and I hope that um, it has empowered your faith, right? I hope that you have, as you've been doing that, that God has moved in your faith, He's empowered you, He's grown you, right? And so today, we're going to talk about something a little interesting. If, if you uh, watch MMA or if you watch uh, any kind of professional uh, athlete, there's something that, that's really important to them. And, and that thing that's really important, many things, but one of those things is being mentally prepared for the moment, is being mentally prepared for the fight. As a matter of fact, MMA fighters and professional athletes, they pay people, they pay these gurus to come in and help them get their minds right. Right? They pay these guys to come in and help them get their minds right for the fight, for the moment, for the situation, because mental preparation for the moment is so key. And that's why you see before a fight, oftentimes you'll, they'll pan into the locker room and you see the fighter. You know what I'm talking about? He's sitting there. He's sitting there with his headphones on and he's just kind of focused. He's zoned in. He's thinking about the fight. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about? Or am I just weird? Yes, I'm weird, but you guys know what I'm talking about too, right? He's zoned in. He's focused on the fight. He's thinking about what he's about to do. He's thinking about, um, maybe he's thinking about some strategy. Maybe he's thinking about the, a move he's trying to make. Maybe he's picturing himself knocking out the opponent. Maybe he's wondering how the heck he got here in the first place, right? Thinking, how can he get out of this thing, right? But no matter what he's doing, what he's trying to do is he's staring off into space, listening to music, bobbing his head, thinking about the moment. What he's trying to do is get himself mentally prepared for the fight. He's trying to get himself mentally prepared for the moment. And if I'm honest with you, I kind of have my own version of that, right? I kind of have my own version of that. Like, like I'll, I'll walk you through it. 
on Sundays, a few of us um, who are on the setup team at the River Church, we get here a little bit early and we come in, we get here at like 8, 8, 10, 8, 15, something like that. You're welcome to come. Any of you guys are welcome to come. And we, we literally, we take turns, we walk around the campus and as we walk around the campus, like the whole, the property, and we pray about what's going to happen in this place. We pray about, and we ask God to meet with us. We pray for you. Sometimes we pray for you by name. And as a matter of fact, there's been a few times that we've prayed for some of you by name and things have happened in your life that week. And that's just pretty cool when you see God do something like that, right? And so we pray for you by name. Sometimes we pray for that you would experience God in this place, that he would change your life, that God would come in here and that he would speak to you. And that when you come in here, you leave different because of what God is doing in your life in this place. And for me as a pastor, as I'm doing that and we're walking around as a team, that really, honestly, it prepares us for the day. It gets our hearts right for the day. It gets our minds right for the day. And then we come in here, we set up all this cool stuff that you see here in the church and the band does their run through. They sing through their songs, make sure that we have all the transitions good. And then when they finish that, the media team, the band and some other people, we come up here, we stand on the stage and as a team, we pray for you again. We pray for the day again. We pray that God moves in this place again. And then when that's done, I go, I walk through and I do all my little last checks, make sure everything's good. And I come back in here. I sit down in seat number 12 or 11, whatever it is right down there. And it's a very holy space, that one. Just kidding. And I pray for you one last time. And I pray that God would use me. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak through me, speak to me and through me that that. The things that I say would, through God's Holy Spirit, would impact your life to help you meet Jesus in this place. That as the band sings, that we could worship and God would be glorified in this space. That as the kids' teams who are teaching your children, they teach them and talk to them about the love of Jesus, that your children would experience and know Jesus in a deep, deep way. Before you even step foot in this place on a Sunday morning, you've been prayed for three times. I tell you all that not to be like, man, Mike prays a lot. <laughs> it's the only time I pray all week. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. You got to get it all in. No, I, I tell you that because I want you to know that at the River Church, we believe in the power of prayer. That we believe that God can change things through the power of prayer. That we believe that when we pray and invite God to come in this space, to come in this place, that he can and will do it. We've been saying all throughout this series that spiritual disciplines don't save your soul. Only Jesus can save your soul. But we believe that spiritual disciplines in our lives can be the difference between a powerful Christian life and a powerless Christian life. And I believe personally that is, that is so true, especially when it comes to something like prayer. Of all of the spiritual disciplines, I might get in trouble for saying this, but of all of the spiritual disciplines, I personally believe that prayer is the most central. And the reason I believe that is because it ushers us as Christians into communion with the Father. And through reading our Bible and studying the scriptures, we learn about God. God speaks to us through his word. God transforms us through His through reading the scriptures, right? He transforms us. We judge everything that we see and hear through what the scriptures say and worship. We're praising God. We're adoring God. We're experiencing God in this place. But prayer, the thing that's so beautiful about prayer is it is specifically designed for you to be with God. In that moment, when you are praying, you are being experienced, communing, communing with God, speaking to God, hearing 
from God. If, if, you, if we were to just step back and, and actually look at it and think about what prayer is, it's, it's the most incredible thing this, we have on this earth, man. Like what prayer is, is us human beings, these finite beings having the ability to speak to the king, God, and creator of the universe and to be ushered into his presence. And then he responds, man. You know what I'm saying? Like Miley Cyrus won't return my phone calls, but God talks back. (laughs) Just making sure you're paying attention. And just like reading the Bible, God transforms us through prayer. God speaks to us through prayer And through prayer, we're progressively seeing the world through God's point of view as we experience him. At the River Church, man, we believe in the power of prayer. There's some famous theologians like Martin Luther is famous for spending three hours every day in prayer. John Wesley was known for devoting two hours a day in prayer. And that's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's, That's pretty amazing. You know what that does for most of us? makes us feel really bad about ourselves. <laughs> it's kind of discouraging, isn't it? But here's what I want to say to you is the point of this series isn't to discourage you. The point of this series is to empower you and encourage you to take your next step when it comes to spiritual disciplines, to take your next step and growing closer to God. So whether you prayed for an hour this morning before you came to service or if the last time you prayed was last week when you needed a parking spot at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> What we want for you today, the key today, my goal today is to get you to spend more time in prayer this week because you believe in it a little bit more than you did last week, because you understand its power a little bit more than you did last week, to grow in your prayer life just a little bit more. Because prayer is powerful, because prayer changes lives, because prayer brings us into the presence of the King. And I believe that God meets us where we are and moves us deeper. So let's not overcomplicate things, man. Let's not overcomplicate things. This last week, I watched a, a, a documentary on Mr. Rogers. Y'all know who Mr. Rogers is? The sweaters? Sweaters? Yeah. And, uh, what, and, and did you guys know that Mr. Rogers, man, he was a baller. Like, he, he was edgy. Did you guys know Mr. Rogers was edgy? You wouldn't think so because the sweaters, I, I saw this on Facebook. It's like the trail of things. I saw this thing on Facebook, was like, that can't be true. Then I went, started researching it, ended up watching a documentary. And what I learned about Mr. Rogers, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but it's just really cool, uh, is that back in like the 60s, uh, they were talking about having all these issues, like, well, you may have heard of it, segregation, things like that. And they were having these these big fights about African-American black kids and white kids and swimming pools and keeping them segregated and all this kind of thing. And so it was this, you know, kind of a big deal, right? And so Mr. Rogers goes up and has on his TV show, one, he has an African-American police officer because he wanted African-American kids to see uh, African-American men and women in positions of power, right? Which is pretty cool in of itself. And in 1969, he goes and gets a kiddie pool while all these issues are are happening and invites that black police officer to come in and share his kiddie pool with him. It's a little thing, right? You're like, oh, that's that's not a big deal. That's a little thing. No, Mr. Mr. Rogers is edgy, man. Mr. Rogers, like, can you imagine the power of a child seeing that? That's pretty cool. But as I was watching this documentary, Mr. Rogers made this statement that I thought was pretty profound. He said, I feel so strongly that deep 
and simple is far more essential than shallow and complex. Let me say that again. I feel so strongly that deep and simple is far more essential than shallow and complex. And for me as a pastor, I see everything kind of through the lens of of Jesus, my relationship with him, right? And by the way, Mr. Rogers was a Christian. He was a Presbyterian pastor, which is pretty cool. Um, But I see kind of everything through that. And so I begin to think about very much as I'm preparing the sermon about our prayer life, about how we do that in our own prayer life. Like, I feel like when it comes to prayer, something that we do is we try to make it complicated and we try to make it this complex thing. We think that we have to use these big words. Or we have to say these like very beautiful prayers or else God's not going to hear us right. And what ends up happening is we make our prayer lives really complex, but we also make them really shallow. We, we make them really pretty and big and complex and think it's this big thing, and, but, but they end up being really shallow. And what I would say to us today is I want to make it deep and simple. It's simple. When it comes to prayer, what you're doing is you're talking to Jesus, man. You're talking to the creator of the universe, but it's also very deep. It's you going to the deep places of your soul. It's you being honest, you being transparent, you being open with the creator of the universe about what's going on in your life, where you are, how he can, he can heal you, how he can change you. And so as we talk about prayer today, I want to keep it simple. I used to have a, a football coach that used to say kiss all the time. He'd say, kiss, baby, kiss. And what that meant was keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and so today, let's keep it simple. And I want to answer two questions for us today. One is why we pray. And the second one is how we should pray. Why we pray and how we should pray. The why is pretty important because as we're walking through and, and sometimes in our own prayer lives, sometimes we experience this situation where we feel like prayer might be meaningless. Like, can the preacher say that? I did, right? And I remember when I was in college, I was having a prayer crisis at a moment, which is interesting because besides the fact that God had like answered many of my prayers, I'd experienced him in very many like real ways, like how quickly we forget the things that God does in our lives. But I remember driving around on the road and I'm praying and I'm talking to God and I'm asking him, as I'm praying, I'm like, God, what is the point of prayer? Which is kind of funny to talk about, pray to God and ask him what the point of praying to him is, right? You see the irony in that? But I remember I was asking, I said, God, what's the point of prayer? Like I was asking him, isn't everything already kind of set up? Isn't, isn't your mind already made up? Don't you already know what's best in every single situation? Like what's the point of me, a finite and sinful human being coming into a conversation with the God of the universe and asking him or thinking that I can add any wisdom to the conversation? You guys ever had that thought before? In that moment, I was very much struggling with that. And as I was thinking about it, what God kind of, I guess as I was growing through this and processing this, what I became to realize is that prayer isn't about, or the point of prayer isn't getting stuff from God. The point of prayer actually isn't really making him do anything for us. Like the point of prayer, the key to prayer, what God wants to see happen through prayer is for you to be with God. Last week, Katie and I went on a little date, went and saw Mission Impossible, like 12 or whatever they're on now. (laughs) Went and got some ice cream. It was great. The point of that date wasn't for me to get anything from Katie. The point of that date wasn't for me to get her to do anything for me or to like, got to keep her happy. Got to check off the list right now. Like the point of that date was to spend time with Katie. 
And the point of prayer is for us to spend time with God. It's us being with the creator of the universe. And as we do that, we begin to understand him a little bit more. We begin to see how he thinks a little bit more. We get to understand his desires for our own lives as we walk through this thing and we get transformed by him, right? And so you ask, should we, does that mean that we shouldn't ask him to do anything for us? So we should just like pray, but never ask for anything. Yes. No, absolutely not. Because when you read the Bible, when you read the scriptures, it's, it's very interesting that we see people in the Bible talk about prayer and they pray these big, amazing, bold prayers as if they believe that their prayers can influence the world around them. You guys see that? Like when you read the scriptures, you see these guys praying these bold prayers for miracles and then God does it, right? And so it's not that, not that we don't ask for things, but that that's not always the point, but we do ask for things. Like, 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, For we are God's co-workers, and you are God's filled, God's building. For we are God's co-workers, you are God's filled, God's building. And that verse, it's very interesting because what we see in that verse is saying that we are working with God. God has partnered with us in creation, that we are as Christians, not just some bystanders, but God is working with Christians in partnership with us to transform and change the world. Now, does he need us to do this? No, (laughs) But he invites us along to be a part of the process that we as Christians get to be world changers in our communities, in our lives, in the people's lives around us. And what that means for us is that our lives have meaning. And he transforms through us and he transforms us. And what I believe about that is that that means the things we do in our lives It means the prayers that we pray in our lives can make a difference. That the prayers we pray as men and women of God can change the world. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed, right? The prayer of healing. And he says this really incredible line. He says, the urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in effect. The prayer of a righteous person, a Christian, is very powerful in its effect. Prayer is this powerful and incredible gift that God has given to the Christian. This ability to commune with the God of the universe, to make requests of the God of the universe And through the prayers of Christian men and women, the world can be changed. You believe that today, River Church? Prayer is a powerful thing. And we pray to be close to God. We pray to see God change the world. And I would say, here's how I think we should pray as Christians. Deep and simple. Deep and simple prayer in Luke, well, prayer is something that sometimes we have to learn. We have to learn how to pray. Like in Luke chapter 11, the disciples come to Jesus and they literally say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And sometimes as we grow in our faith, as we grow as Christians, we need to learn. We have to learn how to pray. We have to learn to spend more time in prayer. We have to learn how to walk deeper in prayer. And what I would say, man, five, five minutes in prayer this week is better than no minutes in prayer last week, right? We're all about taking your next step. Where are, you, where are you going? But we need to learn to pray and not just as we just not just spend time in prayer, but we need to learn to pray boldly and we need to learn to pray confidently. 
As we see in the scriptures, we see in the Bible, we see people praying with confidence. We see them praying with boldness. They pray prayers as if they believe that God can do it. They pray prayers as if they believe that God can change things. They pray prayers as if they believe that God can make a difference. They pray prayers as if they believe that God answers prayer. That's what I believe this morning. I believe that we should learn as Christians to pray confidently, that we should pray boldly because we should believe that God can change things. You say, but Mike, what about when God's not answering the prayer? What about when I'm praying confidently, I'm praying boldly, and I feel like he's not responding? And I know, man, there's certain prayers in my own life that I'm praying right now that I feel like God's not answering them. You know, it's frustrating. It's difficult, right? It it, it can sometimes even be hurtful because we want God to move and speak, right? But what what, what about when he's not? Well, the first thing I would say is, is don't default to thinking that prayer doesn't work. Like if you go home today, you turn on your TV or you try to turn on your TV and it doesn't come on, right? You check the batteries, man, what's something wrong with this? You walk up, you push the button, it's not coming on. You're not going to go, well, electricity must be broken, <laughs> right? Electricity for a hundred years has been working. All of a sudden it must not work anymore. No, you figure something out. It's the TV, it's the remote, it's something, but it's not electricity. It's not the source, what I would say to us in our own prayer lives, if, if you're praying and you're spending time in praying, you're asking God to move, you're asking God to do something, don't, don't ever think that it's because the source doesn't work, man. It's like God's like, well, I've been answering prayer for 2,000 plus years, but all of a sudden now I decide to quit, right? Prayer works no more. <laughs> what I would say is maybe we need to do, run through a little checklist in our own lives. Maybe we need to examine the way that we're praying. Maybe we need to examine our hearts. Maybe we need to look at our lives and go, one, is there the, a big one is this? Is, is, is there some kind of sin in my life that I need to deal with, right? Like I say this lovingly, God cares a lot more about your soul than he does about your race. He cares a lot more about your soul than X, Y, or Z. And so what he's going to do is when we, sometimes we come to him in prayer and we ask him to respond, we ask him to answer, we ask him to do something, he's going to push back and say, we'll get to that prayer request, but first we've got to deal with this over here. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we'll get there. We'll deal with that. I, I want to answer that prayer. I want to work on that. But number one, I care about your soul. I care about the sin. I care about the state of your heart. And so we keep trying to move to the prayer and God just keeps moving us right back to where he wants to deal with. And the reason why he does that because he loves you and he cares more about your soul than he does your raise. You might get the raise. We'll see. So that's one thing I would say to check. Another thing I would say is ask yourself, or are you asking for something that maybe goes against God's heart? Maybe that goes against his design for not just your life, but for the Christian. And then the third one, the one that we really don't want to talk about is, is he answering your prayer? You just don't like the answer. Is he answering your prayer? You just don't like the answer. But what I would say is this, above all, keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up. If you feel like he's not answering, keep praying, keep fighting, keep going, and trust in God's heart for you, okay? I know it's difficult when, when you're praying and you, you're talking to him and you're re- requesting for him to move in your life or move in a situation. You feel like he's not answering. And again, there's been several prayers in my own life right now that, I, that I'm I'm banging on heaven's door, right? Come on, God, answer this. Do something. Move in this situation. And what I would say is don't think prayer doesn't work. Keep praying. Keep staying faithful. Believe in God's heart for you. Keep trusting that he will be faithful to you, right?
And then I'd say this, finally, we need to pray like children. (laughs) You ever listen to a kid pray? You know what it is? It's simple and it's deep. Jesus taught us as Christians to come to the Father like children. The reason why I say we should pray like children, one, is because children are open Children are honest. Like the beautiful thing about children is you never have to wonder what they're thinking, right? If they don't like something that's happening around them, you know what they do? They fall on the ground and they scream. Other people's children, not my son. He's very well behaved. Why'd you laugh so hard at that one? That's, y'all, y'all see my kid? Man. Um, anyways, children are open and honest. You never have to wonder what they think. Children are bold in the things that they ask for. Like my son Gideon is not afraid to ask for ice cream at 10 o'clock at night, right? Besides the fact that it's an awful idea, he knows he ain't getting it. He's not afraid to ask for it. (laughs) When it comes to children, there's a natural intimacy between a child and a parent. It's this beautiful thing. A child has no embarrassment of asking for anything from their from their mom or their dad, right? There's this, there's this intimacy there. There's this closeness. There's this unashamedness where they can, are, are, are able to come and be open and honest and just themselves, right? They're just able to be themselves in front of their parents and they feel safe. They feel close. They feel connected to their mom or their dad. Like, like Gideon, my son, like as long as I'm the one catching him, we'll jump off of anything, Okay, like almost in a dangerous way where I'm like walking by. He's like, Dad, you know, just jumps. I'm like, oh, man, right? Why does he do that? One, he's a little crazy. (laughs) But because he feels safe with me and he trusts me that I'm going to catch him, right? And there's going to be one day when I don't and it's going to be bad, right? But right now he, he trusts me, right? We need to come to the Father like children. We need to come to the Father open. We need to come to the Father honest. We need to come to the Father boldly. We need to come to the Father and allow ourselves to have that natural intimacy where we can open ourselves up and be completely honest before the face of our God, where we can open our hearts up and let him see us. Because one, he already does. I mean, come on. But open ourselves up. Let us be ourselves. Let us be free and allow allow you to feel that closeness, that safety, that comfort with the Father. And I'd say this, probably the most important thing we need to do if we're going to pray like children is we need to pray with a little bit of an imagination. We need to pray with a little bit of an imagination because imagination opens the door of faith. And I know that's kind of a, a, maybe a weird thing to say, but here's what I mean by that. In imagination, imagination believes things are possible that common sense says, nope. Imagination sees a broken marriage and can imagine it being healed. Imagination sees uh, a family who's, who's broken by debt and believes that that can be fixed. Imagination sees someone who's sick and believes that they can be healed. Imagination sees a friend or a family member who hates Jesus and who is headed to hell. Imagination sees that person falling in love with and having a deep relationship, a life-transforming relationship with the Savior. You see why imagination is so important? Because imagination, the imagination of a child sees things that maybe aren't there yet. Imagination doesn't see things as they are. Imagination sees them as they could be. And imagination dreams big. 
And imagination, I would say, steps very closely in line with faith because it sees things as possible that the world says are impossible, and yet we serve a God who makes all things possible. We need to pray like a child. <laughs> so we need to learn to pray. We need to pray like, we need to pray boldly. We need to pray like children, and we need to pray all the time. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is this really long verse that's hard to memorize. It says, pray constantly. Doesn't take up much of the screen on that one, does it? Pray constantly. That's pretty straightforward. That means, yeah, maybe we get up early in the morning and we read our Bible and we pray and we set apart time with God, but it also means we pray in the car. It also means we pray in the shower. It also means in the middle of the night when you wake up and you can't go back to sleep, pray. (laughs) That's the time I pray for you guys a lot. Like your communication cards, I remember them. That's when I pray, right? You help me go back to sleep. (laughs) Thank you. You pray when you walk into a meeting and you're, it's going to be tough and it's going to be difficult. You pray as you're walking into the meeting, asking God to move, asking God to speak into the situation. You pray when someone you love is suffering. You pray when you're tempted to sin. You pray maybe after you have sinned. You pray when life is great. We pray when you walk outside and you feel a beautiful breeze, which thank God we had this morning for a little bit. You pray when the day is hard and you ask for grace. But we pray constantly, and as Christians, we need to learn, maybe you already do this, but we need to learn to have that continual conversation with God all day long. It doesn't have to end when you say amen in the morning as you're saying your prayers. When you're walking, you face a difficult situation, when when you're walking through life, whatever that may be, keep that conversation going and stay in communion with God all day long. And then I would say we should pray constantly, but we should also have in our lives a focused time We pray with God like a fighter before the fight. Maybe that's you in the morning, right? That's what I like to do in the morning. Get up, get my head right, right? Pray, spend time with Jesus and and get ready to face the day. But what we need to do is not just pray constantly, but we need to set up natural rhythms in our day, natural rhythms in our life that are set aside to pray. It doesn't have to be in the mornings, but that's what works for me, right? And what I do, and, and I would encourage you very much to do this, I have a moleskin journal that I write down my prayer requests in. So like just something that I'm praying about that maybe I'm praying a lot about, I, I, I'll write it down in that journal. And what's really cool is when God answers that prayer, I'll go back to that journal and I'll highlight it or I'll circle it. Um, I've had that same journal for the last three years, right? And, and what's really neat is I went back this week and I was like, well, let's see what's in this, in this journal. Like I'm talking about prayer. In that journal, there was answered prayer after answered prayer after answered prayer. One of those was prayers for a location for the River Church. When we launched two and a half years ago, he answered that one. Guess what? Because we're sitting in a location. <laughs> there was a prayer for a, a healthy baby boy to be born. God answered that prayer. There was prayers for salvations and baptisms in our church. God's answered that prayer. There was prayers for specific individuals who are even sitting in this room today that God has answered those prayers. There's prayers for closeness with my wife when we were feeling distant and struggling that he's answered. There's prayers for the move of the River Church from the movie theater to the elementary school that God answered. There's prayer after prayer, big and small. And guess what's also in that prayer journal are prayers that he hasn't answered yet. But because they're written down, because I can go back and read over them, because I can, I can do that, I can go back and continue praying over those prayers. There's prayers for my family, prayers for the future of the river, dreams that God has written on my heart. 
that I can go back to constantly because they're written down and I would encourage you today to do that. Like if you had a journal that you could go back over and and write down all the prayers you've prayed over the last three years, what would you be able to write down? Not just the prayers you've prayed, but the prayers that God has answered. Like how could you go back and see like these beautiful things that he's done in your life? And and I think it's so important to remember what God has done. The Israelites, every time God would perform a miracle or answer this huge prayer, they would build a monument, oftentimes with stones that they could go back to. And whenever they would see it, they would remember God's faithfulness and goodness. Now you can go get some rocks, you can go get some stones and build some monuments in your house. That would be really cool, okay? Or you could write them down so you can go back and see God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Like I believe, I think if we could do that, then we could trace back and see God's goodness and faithfulness. It would make us feel closer to Jesus. It might grow your faith a little bit. It might make you worship God a little bit for his goodness. And it might even make you want to pray a little bit more because you know he answers prayer. Amen? So River Church, today my challenge to you is to pray. My challenge to you today is to take your next step in your prayer life. Okay? So no matter where you are, like again, if you prayed an hour before you got up this morning and went to church or you hadn't prayed, you don't even know when, take your next step. Only you sitting in that chair where you are today know what, knows what that looks like for you. Okay? I can't tell you what that is for you. You know what that looks like for you. But here's what I would say. Keep it deep. Keep it simple. <laughs> pray like a child. Pray constantly. Set aside some time each day to pray and write down specific requests. And we believe in this idea so much that that I thought, I'm going to tell them to write down prayer requests. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you guys a journal today. All right. So when you leave, as you're walking out of this space, we're going to have, we have some prayer journals for you that we're just going to give you. And so, man, I'm, I'm like, hey, put it down. I'm going to give it to you. Like I cannot, the only thing I could do more is come and pray for you, right? Like it's six o'clock, let's pray, right? (laughs) Can't do that. But I encourage you to use those things, uh, Write it down. I hope it grows your faith. I hope it takes you deeper in your relationship and love for Jesus. And I hope that you see the power of prayer in your life and in people's lives around you. And so we're going to close in worship. And as we close in worship, we're going to sing to the God of the universe. We're going to glorify him with our voices and with our testimonies. And, but we can't talk about prayer all day without praying, right? And so as we sing, as we worship, I want to encourage you where you are to pray and talk to God. I'll encourage you, man, what's going on in your life? Pray about it to the Father. Maybe what you need to do today is grab someone next to you. Maybe you came with your family or friends or whatever it is. Grab someone next to you. Put your arm around them. Hold their hand. Pray together with them, right? What's going on? How can we pray for each other? What can we do? Right? What, 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 what do we need God to do in our lives? Pray together as a family or friends. Or maybe go across the aisle. If you're by yourself, grab somebody. Force them to pray with you. And if nobody wants to pray with you, I'll pray with you down here, okay? (laughs) But we're going to sing, we're going to worship. But let's end in praying together and talking to Jesus this morning. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for, man, this incredible power and gift of prayer. Like, Like, I feel like in my own life, sometimes I just forget what an incredible gift it is that you give to us. And so today I just pray and ask that, that as we... As we talk to you, God, I ask that you would answer prayers, God, that, that people would see your power through prayer, that, God would, that, that people would experience you in prayer. And I pray that today you would help people, men and women of the River Church, to take their next step 
in prayer and that you would be shown to be faithful to them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.